Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. And today's topic to be defined, challenged and conquered is brand versus branding. Do you really know the difference? Really? Sit back, think about it. If you're driving, if you're in the gym, put down the weights and just think for one second. Brand versus branding. It's a really interesting question and I'm really looking forward to diving into it today because it is so, so important for us as small business owners. And with me today is someone who has made a fantastic career out of brand and someone who knows brand inside out. So it gives me fantastic, fantastic pleasure to welcome to the show, Mr. Giles Redmayne from Purpose. Welcome, sir. Hi, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. You are very welcome. And it is, it's quite an interesting, intriguing topic, brand versus brand. And it's not something that we've spoken about before. So, Let's dig into that one. But before we do, what actually do you do, sir? What, what is purpose? What's your journey? And how do you help people? Well, interestingly, I, the journey for uh, both myself and purpose has been one where we've evolved from a branding agency to a brand agency that also does branding. Um, in that, um, like many we started out some time ago as more of a design consultancy, uh, so the application of you know brand assets and visual identities. Um, but nowadays, more so, we st- we work with clients much further stream to kind of identify how they you know align their business strategy with their brand strategy and how that impacts across their entire business. Really, really interesting. And I see, you know, working in, in, in that kind of realm myself, I do see that evolution as being quite natural. But for for small business owners out there, and particularly people perhaps in marketing departments and so on, who have to deal with this sort of thing very, very often, let's just go straight at this straight away and then we'll unpick it. So in your mind, Giles, brand versus branding, what is the difference? What's the headline? Well, I think I think the the, the the sort of starting point is anybody who's still scratch head over the sort of word brand. Um, I can hardly blame them, frankly. I think um, a combination of uh, just society and the media, and to be honest, my own industry hasn't done an enormously good job of really explaining truly what brand is. You can pick up one of hundreds and hundreds of books on branding and if you read enough of them you'll find yourself even more bamboozled uh some of them are very very good but they're few far between um of really trying to get to the bottom of the difference between brand which is a strategic plan that influences an entire organization versus branding which is the application of that within sort of uh, visual assets and communications Okay, that makes sense. And why do you think, you mentioned the societal problems there. Why do you think that has kicked in? What, what muddies the waters for people? Well, interesting. I've, I've recently carried out a uh, series of interviews with CEOs of medium-sized businesses up and down the UK. Um, and when you flip the word brand to reputation, that resonates in every boardroom up and down the country. Whereas the word brand has just become maybe too associated with supermarket shelves or 
consumer goods uh, rather than, you know, where it's sort of true definition comes from. But when you start to talk about reputation, which is essentially what brand influences, so if every function of your business affects your reputation, that is, you know, what brand is behind, um, then, you, you know, it's, it's just a, a sort of watering down of the word, I think. Yeah, I, I completely get that. And I, I like the idea of switching it around to reputation. That's something that resonates with me personally. And I'm sure everyone sat there listening thinks, you know, we need to keep a handle on this reputation because that's the thing that defines us, especially in this uber transparent world that we live in. So I'm really curious to dig a little bit further into that. And just just to put into our minds as business owners, who does this really well? Who has a good brand? Who do you look to online as, as the best examples? Well, I, I can only really examples that um, I've uh, worked with or experienced. And um, uh, one I'll give you might seem rather obvious uh, and another won't. Um, and given what I do, I guess I'm quite conscious of... Uh, great brand experiences whenever I come across them. But I, I'm quite often asked who was the best client I've ever worked for, um, which uh, is probably Orange, uh, the telecoms uh, company, uh, but possibly the Orange of about five to ten years ago, where, you know, that was the first time I'd really seen an organization deliver brands through every single part of their business you know, um, you know, training um, helpline operatives was more important than churning out brochures, and they kind of really got it. Um, it. You might you might find it laughable, but I think the last great brand I tweeted about was um, a trip into my local town to get my car serviced at one of those sort of back of beyond industrial estate MOT centres. Again, these guys, you know, have got a tiny business, one ramp, one lockup. Um, but every single part of that customer experience was bang on and they just knowingly or unknowingly really get brand. I, I really like that. And I love the two examples that you've given, the, the complete, complete spectrum between them. And anecdotally, I've actually got a little tale of orange as well myself. And just to put it into context, what Giles means about the experience, I was working a long time ago, around that time, actually, Giles, maybe 10 Maybe 12 years ago, um, I was working for a, a pensions company who used to do some work with Orange, and I remember going to their offices. And you're absolutely right. The experience, everything, walking in, the way that people dealt with me, the way that, even as crazy as this may sound, the way the rooms were laid out, yeah. the way that they wanted you to have this experience. So I completely buy into that Orange idea. And likewise... You know, you talk about the little back of beyond MOT station or the little garage with the one ramp. I find it really refreshing when us as small business owners do something that is, I guess it feels like it's out of our comfort zone. As you said about Orange, you know, rather than stuffing envelopes with brochures, they wanted to train the, the telecoms operatives. Us as small business owners, when we do something that we're not used to like that and someone as a customer says that they've benefited or they've had a much better experience, that's a real win, isn't it? And it can really empower us as small business people to do more of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any organisation is too small not to embrace the idea of brand. I mean, I think the uh, understandable first inclination um, is I couldn't possibly afford to do that. Um, you know, it's, it's probably not good 
my business to say that, you know, many of those, um, you know, the key brand principles um, are common sense. You know, they're in the small details. The thing is knowing what behaviors, what tone of voice, what language, what type of people are you trying to employ, what personalities, you know, what is the, what is the difference, what's at the core of your business that you want to differentiate that against the competition and therefore what are these behaviors um, and then actually delivering them and understanding that they're not in, they are of course in websites and brochures and, uh, and things like that, but they're very much in the kind of behaviors of the business. I love the idea of the behaviours as well because that's something that can be culturally, culturally and internally very, very important because I would like to just dive into the idea that if you want to create a stable, solid business that's got longevity and grows and retains staff, brand has got to be at the forefront of that, hasn't it? Yeah, well, I think, <clears throat> interestingly, um, a brand is often seen as a offensive business a kind of a tax strategy to grow market share, to win new customers. But in truth, um, one of the easiest rationales for investing in brand actually is around uh, your employees. I think one of the biggest pressures most businesses are going to face over the next decade is about talent retention and talent acquisition. And, you know, the best talent is smart and they want to work for the best companies those companies with the best reputations, the best brands, um, and the best behaviors. So, you know, even if you sort of look inward, if you like, if you look to HR as the key area to invest in building brand. Yeah. And just to build upon that, actually, that's, that's a really interesting point culturally. And, you know, the talent retention is very, very important, especially when people who are highly sought after can afford to shop around and go where the brand actually matches their own values and ethics and their own desires and passions. I think that's so important. And just to turn that question on its head a little bit, when you work with businesses that perhaps haven't embraced brand before, what are some of the mistakes that we are making as business owners that you instantly see and instantly say, well, look, this is a kind of a fundamental. Is, is there anything that, that pops up as a common theme? Well, <clears throat> I, I think the start point there's any number of times that I've received a telephone call uh, to be told that um, company a has a problem with its brand um, could you know could you come and discuss it um, uh, 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 more often than not obviously I say yes and arrange the meeting but I'll do some research and I, I spend my time trying to find this brand which frankly doesn't exist and um, that's quite a difficult way to start a business relationship when in your first you kind of have to open up with watch brand um, because the mistake is that it's a sort of we don't look quite right you know it's a sort of visual thing it's like we need to modernize or we need to, we need to look a bit slicker or we, it, it, it always tends to be a visual thing rather than you know uh, having a sort of strategy of what is it we're trying to do what is the difference the, the point of difference we're trying to make in our market and then how does that play out into visual communications, tone of voice, et cetera, et cetera. So I think fundamentally that's normally the uh, biggest mistake. And I think one of the others is around uh, not talking to agencies, um, you know, perhaps um, creating briefs that um, understandably the people writing them don't necessarily know what the objective should be or what the brief should be. And there's, and there's nothing 
dot organizations talking to agencies even before a brief is written to help inform that. And just to expand upon that briefing side of things, when it comes to perhaps, you know, if you imagine a scenario where you've got a board of directors who need to sign off a budget to allocate to this kind of exercise, and you perhaps have a portion of the directors that really buy into this and a portion that don't, in terms of the business benefits to a brand outside of the culture, outside the talent retention, what are what are the general business benefits to having a brand strategy? Can it help in any other areas of the business? Yeah, well, I think I think first and foremost, uh, you, you, you touch on a really important point there. Horribly overused word, but stakeholders, let's use it. Um, you know, the senior board or senior management within a business, um, it's absolutely vital at the offset of any any project, I guess, but one around brand that all those people are aligned otherwise that project is simply not going to run smoothly and probably won't have the outcome you want but um, to answer the question more directly yeah I mean I believe brand and uh, affect the level of investment required to attract and retain business so you know, almost all of us are in the market of needing to uh, attract new business but equally to retain the business we've so um, it plays a, plays a key role in that. Um, in terms of negotiating along the supply chain as well, uh, for many organizations, you know, that, that strength of reputation, that strength of brand will be very important. Um, we've touched on attracting and retaining the best talent. Uh, and again, when, you know, it could, you know certain, certain boards of directors need convincing and sometimes it, you, can, uh, you can really find the data in staff turnover to prove why an investment in brand might be a good idea. Um, it helps businesses to make sort of key short-term tactical and long-term strategic decisions. It really helps to align where are we going, why are we going there, how are we going to get there, and it, it just takes so much of the inefficiencies out of a business. Um, it clearly affects what the media says about you as, a, as an organization, um, and clearly for many businesses, they reach an age where they're interested in attracting investors. And most of the investors that I speak to, yes, will look at book values and fundamentals, but then they will be looking for that difference. Why you or somebody else? And that will come down to how strong your brand is. I love the idea about the decision-making. I'm a big fan of uh, when you're faced with a, a business decision, broadly speaking, you just need to look at whether it fits into the vision that you have and a brand strategy. You know, this is what we are. This is what we believe. This is what we, this is what we want to be perceived as. They are really good starting points for any kind of decision making in business. And I think that is a really important point. And just to move that further forward, does it do anything at all in terms of the positioning? So I'm thinking about a business that's perhaps grown. We've all as business owners experienced various levels of growth and, at some point, we need to make a decision on where we sit in the market. Is that part of an overall brand strategy? Does it does it fit into the same kind of mix? Well, uh, I'm not sure if I fully understand the question, but I guess I guess um, you know it depends on what we mean by grow. I mean, you know, the sort of uh, scale of scale of the organisation shouldn't necessarily affect um, the brand positioning. You know the those fundamental, you know, things that make up your kind of um, brand DNA shouldn't necessarily change as you grow as a business. That's really interesting because that, as small business owners, anyone working in small business, that's something that perhaps we 
we perhaps don't appreciate that. Maybe, you know, I've certainly seen circumstances and even myself felt the pressure to change and not stick to the same kind of brand strategy that we had when we were, I don't know, a small one-man team. As you grow through the stages and you actually change the type of client base that you work with, is that something that you guys actually come across? Do people come to you because they feel they must change? And actually, do you ever say to people, do you know what? You're not far off. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there, are, there are many times when we might be approached and we might be uh, well down the road of a conversation and, uh, you know, we'll actually advise a client that, you know, there isn't really anything wrong with the brand. It's not, it's not the brand that's the issue. I think just going to back, back to the beginning of that, though, I think it's fundamental that any brand is built on a truth and that is really, really important. There's a real temptation to um, tell people what you think they want to hear. Um, and that will be riddled with holes and come unstuck. You've got to build something on a truth. So that truth almost always is going to stay the same as you grow as a business. Um, now, there needs to be a level of flexibility as we, as we grow as individuals, we change a bit. But the kind of, you know, the kind of the fundamentals remain the same. So you, strategy shouldn't be so rigid that you can't sort of move and grow and evolve a little. But nevertheless, you know, People, people see it. If you make sudden changes of movement in the market, sudden changes of behavior, that's going to, very, uh, it's going to create a lot of upheaval to your current client base. And just to, just to dig back to the word experience that we mentioned earlier on, in terms of your experience, when it comes to the, I don't know, let's say the consumers or certainly the, the people who are susceptible to the brands that you create, is the experience becoming more and more important at a lower level. So what I mean by that is, are we as small business owners having to really think about the end-to-end -end experience that people have with our business, whereas before perhaps it was less prominent? I'm not sure that it ever was less prominent because if we, if we really take it back to basics of brand being around you know, reputation, and we accept that, you know, as individuals, as um, business owners running our businesses, we know that um, we need to dress smartly, we need to turn up on time, we need to be polite, we need to uh, efficient follow up to meetings, we need to, all of that is about creating a, a reputation around what we want our clients to think of us, um, professional, reliable, likable, you just take that one step further and run that through to your business. It's, it's just, it just needs to join up across the whole business. Um, and I don't think that that's changed for hundreds of years, really, in terms of, you know, I still think a lot of business is based on trust and, um, and how, how people feel about your business versus another one. And just to take that one step further as well, there's a really interesting point, and I'm, I'm hoping I can articulate this properly. The, you mentioned there about the professionalism, the reliability, you know, everything that we all want to be known for. To me, that's kind of standard stuff. You know, you would never pitch yourselves as unprofessional. So for me, anyone in small business, that's kind of a standard. How do you advise companies to create their own voice, to create their own... I don't want to use the, the, the acronym USP, but how to create that differentiator. Where do you start looking for that within a business? Well, just, just on the um, part about never wanting to come across as unprofessional, I think, you know, there are so many, it, you know, 
we have, you know, look after the pennies, the pounds will look after themselves. You've got to look after the little details, you know, the number of times the phone rings before, you know, it gets answered, um, the holding music along the client is left holding there. You know, every single experience with your business, that that's what creates a really strong brand. Sure, you build that up to the top to get into, you know, visual assets and lorries going down motor and sponsorship deals and things like that. But it is in those tiny details that really, really matter. And we think we do those, they're all fine and they don't, you know, they're not that important. They are really quite fundamental if brand is, you know, in all of those behaviours. Um, sorry, I've forgotten the second part of the question now, Mark. Well, that's all right. It was, to- it, was to- <laughs> it was to do with um, if, you, if you need a point of differentiation. So if you're in a competitive market and effectively everyone has something that differentiates them and you know outside of the usual cliched stuff price and service and all of that kind of work where do you start to look with a business in terms of finding that differentiator well really in really in the the truth i guess and 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 i guess there are sort of standard standard places you start to look you talk to um uh various groups Sometimes so you might speak to an organization's clients, to their staff. Um, you will work very closely uh, with uh, the, the board of that organization uh, to find out what they believe really makes them different and, 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 and not just in uh, the way they behave, but also in their products and services. Um, and of course, doing competitor audits to see you know, what positions the rest of the market take. But it isn't sometimes it isn't always possible to find something that's outstandingly different. And I don't think that's always um, a problem. You just need to do it better than anybody else. Uh, and we were talking about brand examples earlier, and I think um, pret is a brilliant business example of um, not necessarily doing something different, but just doing it better than everybody else. I mean, and I'll tell you what they do do better than everyone else, uh, Giles. They do carrot cake better than <laughs> anyone else. That's my kryptonite. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they entered a market where I don't know how many thousands of sandwich shops there were in London at the time. And uh, somebody thought it would be a good idea to open some more. But I mean, there wasn't anything really fundamentally different about it. They just did it better. Yeah, I, I get that completely. And I, I think that's actually a really, really good example. So, yeah, I completely buy into that one. There's, and there's so many more that we can we could go through. But uh, I just want to dig now into the small business actionable tips. So for us guys listening, for, for us sat in small business, working and wondering and, you know, having had the idea sparked thanks to this conversation, what can people do to get started with this? So let's dig into the actionable tips. What is your first actionable tip for people, sir? Well, um, my first would be uh, finding um, finding an expert to speak to on the subject, and that can be quite challenging because um, uh, brand experts uh, are found within all sorts of different agency types, from design agencies to brand consultancies to advertising agencies, and um, so simply Google searching or something can um, create a bit of a problem. Um, there are certain uh, sort of organizations, industry organizations uh, that represent those companies that can help a company find and and uh, shortlist a number of agencies for uh, a potential client to speak to. Um, I think a key part of that is 
how will you know when you are speaking to somebody uh, who's purporting to be a brand expert? And I think for me, the only way of telling is if that conversation lurches very quickly into talking about uh, visual look and feel and logos, then there's something wrong. Um, it really needs to fundamentally start with your business, the business challenges, the things trying to achieve within that business. That's very important. I, I really like the idea of not skipping straight to the visual. I think that's that's a natural a natural force within us all in terms of small business. We just want to get to the pretty stuff, and I, I completely agree with what you said there. And the second actionable tip that you have for people, sir? Well, it's one that um, I guess I've got old enough and ugly enough to get quite frustrated about now. Uh, I've called it talk and engage. That, um I think so few businesses kind of reach out to um, uh, brand consultants and brand experts just to, for a non-committal conversation to help them understand whether, you know, you know what they might need to do, uh, what the problem looks like for them as a business, what the sort of costs and processes involved are. Um, and I think, you know, I think we all understand that we get better value if we actually pay for something. But you can actually have a non-committal meeting and pay for it. You know, run a workshop session, ask that company to do some research before they arrive at your offices for that meeting. Um, come prepared, you know, get some value from it and, um, you know, have a conversation about it. Now, it doesn't mean you, you may or may not like that agency. You don't, you know, you've, you've, you've helped your thinking at that point. Um, so I would say, you know, talk and engage earlier on in the process. I think that's that's a staple of anything in business. I think it's no absolutely no different for this. I think that's really important. I think the idea of the workshop really intrigues me because that just you must get so much out of that versus a normal conversation. So I really well, like that uh, idea. And let's wrap it up. Well, no, oh, I was sorry, just going to say, I think, there's a, to I think say. there's a fear sometimes that if you um, if you <laughs> if you if you let the devil that is the brand consult across the threshold, you're never going to get rid of them. But um, you know, you can. You know, we offer and um, you can buy a sort of, you know, modular level of consultancy. You don't have to, you know, once you've started that process, you're not then committed to going, you know, the whole way down the track. So, yeah, I would just say, you know, bite it off in, you know, small chunks at the start. Yeah, I like that. Brand consultants aren't vampires, I think, is the biggest takeaway from that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. And just as I was about to say there before I so rudely cut you off, let's dig into the third and final actionable. Uh, well, I've called it uh, commit. Um, and this is about, um, I think this is many years of experience that um, clients really need to understand what it takes to build a strong brand uh, and to engage their whole business uh, in understanding, you know, and, and developing that within it. Um, to be realistic about the undertaking, uh, both in terms of focus, commitment, and finance. Um, it isn't a project that takes weeks or months. Um, it isn't cheap. Um, and it's a huge amount of focus and energy, and there's no getting away from that. And anybody that tells you anything different either isn't talking about brand uh, and is talking about an identity project or is kidding you. Um, and I don't don't want to put people off because you know I truly believe in you know the power that brand can bring to an organization but it's very very important to commit to it so many projects fall short you know fall short financially 
fall short because of the focus that they can be given. So very important to be aware of what you're committing to. Super stuff. 100% commitment, folks. And now we know the difference between brand and branding. And most importantly, we actually know why it's vital to our business. So Giles, thank you so much for imparting that knowledge. That has been a really, really good conversation. And just before we wrap everything up, where can people connect with you online, please? Well, our, our, our website is www.purpose.co.uk. Super stuff. Check it out, guys. Purpose.co.uk. And a huge thanks once again to Giles for joining me on this episode and for you guys for pressing that play button. Don't forget that everything that we've spoken about, all of the links to Purpose and everything else that we've chatted through will be available over on the website at excellence expectedcom where you can get a hold of a pile of free small business resources to help you and your business excel. Until next time, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Adios. Adios.